Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on this Lakers off day. Or hey, maybe you're listening tomorrow right before the Lakers take on the Sixers. But we got two games to cover, a Lakers loss against the Heat, a Lakers win against the Nets. Let's jump into it. All right, so the first game we're going to talk about is the Lakers loss to Miami, which occurred on Sunday, which is a little bit of a while ago, but we're going to cover it anyway. So uh, Lakers end up losing 113-107. to That loss put them one game below 500 at 23-24. and and, you know, the score is a little closer than how the game really was. Uh, looking at the box score, I mean, the Lakers gave up 39 points in the first quarter. They were down 39 to 25. And then they had a decent second quarter. Still gave up 30 points, though, to the to the Heat, losing that quarter 30 to 27. And then a really low-scoring third quarter from both teams, really. But the Lakers only had 18 points in the third quarter. They did hold Miami to 20 points. So, I mean... Good defense in the third quarter, I suppose, but not better offense in the third quarter. And then the Lakers blew up in the fourth quarter with 37 in the fourth, 24 for Miami in the fourth. So they practically uh, flip-flopped the first and fourth quarters. Miami 39, Lakers 25 in the first, and then Lakers 37, Miami 24 in the fourth. And, I mean, that the Lakers went into the fourth quarter down by 19 points in this game. And they did make a run, as you can see, with them putting up 37 points and holding Miami 20 to 24. They made a run. They got the score within four points with a minute remaining. Gave themselves a chance to win this game, but Miami was able to 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 uh, prevent the Lakers from getting any other buckets, and they held on to the lead, 113 to 107. So a tough loss for the Lakers. I mean, we went into this road trip, at least these three games, Miami. Brooklyn and Philadelphia, not really expecting the Lakers to to win those ball games. I mean, Miami's playing really well in the Eastern Conference right now. I think they're thirty and seventeen on the season. They blew out the Suns a few weeks ago. They're they're playing good basketball. So this would have been a tough game for the Lakers to win, and they gave themselves a chance down the stretch. I mean, they really were not playing well uh, in the first three quarters, and then they kind of turned it on in the fourth quarter. You know, I guess the second quarter they played okay, but overall just a tough, tough loss for the Lakers. LeBron had 33 in the game, Westbrook had 24, Avery Bradley had 15, and that's about it. I mean, Carmelo did have 11 off the bench. Trevor Reza, Dwight Howard started along with Avery Bradley, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron. They both put up zero points in barely any minutes played. Carmelo put 11, like I said. Malik Monk had 7 off the bench. Stanley Johnson had 7 off the bench. Taylor Horton Tucker had 5. Wayne Ellington had 3. Austin Reeves had 2. So, 
pretty much zero bench scoring for the Lakers and honestly zero starting scoring. I mean, you have two starters with zero points in the game and they only played 24 minutes combined or 25 minutes combined. So, I mean, it's just like, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I get uh, Frank Vogel trying to put Trevor Reza and Dwight Howard in for some size and stuff, but what's the point in starting them if they're only going to play them 25 minutes anyway? Like just start Malik Monk, start Carmelo Anthony, start one of those guys. Uh, THT, you know, one like, I mean, maybe you want to get the bench unit in there. I don't know. I don't totally understand the whole situation, what, what goes through Frank, Vogel, Frank Vogel's head in this situation. But, um, I mean, LeBron played well. He had, he shot 54% with 33 points from the field. The I mean, it, the big struggle for the Lakers was shooting, three-point shooting. LeBron played well except for his three-point shooting. He was one for eight. 12%, 12.5% from the three. Uh, Russell Westbrook, good game for him. 24 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. He shot well, 60%, nine for 15. Uh, 0 for three from three. On a, I've said this multiple times, Russell Westbrook has no business shooting three-pointers. So as you can see there, it was zero for three. Um, he, three turnovers for Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, that's one of the better games for Russ, from Russell Westbrook in a, in a while. So good play from Russell Westbrook, good play from LeBron James, which is what you need. I mean, we get we've LeBron's been playing out of his mind. He's scored 25 plus points in the last I think 18 games at this point as of today. So he's playing out of his mind. Russell Westbrook's been struggling, but that's a good game for us from Russell Westbrook. Avery Bradley, 15 points on four of nine from three, 44% from three. Uh, good from him. Um, and again, yeah, Carmelo 11, Malik set. It's just not enough bench scoring. The Lakers held the heat to 113. That's okay. You would like to see them do what they did against the Jazz and hold them to under 100. That would be great defense. But holding them to 113 isn't the worst. But in order to beat these good teams, you're going to have to be able to score over 110 points. Being stuck at 105, 107 in these games against good teams, it's going to be hard to win those games unless you're playing stellar defense like they did against the Jazz. And they just didn't do this, do that last night against the Heat. And the Heat shot incredibly well. So Duncan Robinson, 25 points. Jimmy Butler, 20 points. Bam, 14 points. They just had a ton of scoring. And then you look at the shooting. They shot 49.4% from the field and 45.5% from three. Versus the Lakers as a team shot 45% from the field. Not terrible, but only 27.5% from three on 40 attempts. The Heat are a good three-point shooting team, and they only took 33 three-point attempts. So, I mean, that tells you something. I think that alone kind of tells you that the Lakers were playing a little lazy. They were settling for shots for three-pointers when that's not really their strength. I mean, it's they're better three-point shooters this season than they've been in some time. But when you have Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, when those are your – like, in theory, when those are your two best players – Three-point shooting is not your, like, you're not going to win many games living and dying by the three with those two guys. I get LeBron has improved his three-point shooting immensely this season and in general. But, I mean, there's no argument that he is a beast down low. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. He's not a three-point shooter. He barely has any touch on mid-range jump shots. Like, get him driving to the basket, draw fouls. Hopefully he can finish the layups, which is hit and miss sometimes. But in theory, he should be able to finish those layups. And like that's what the Lakers should be doing: is attacking the basket and not settling for threes. But you look at the you look at 
they you know 79 field goal attempts 40 of them were three pointers whereas the heat had 81 field goal attempts and 33 were three pointers so like not a huge difference but still a difference and that's a good three point shooting team with Duncan Robinson and um i guess i Tyler Hero didn't play Kyle Lowry didn't play but like they're generally a good three point shooting team and they i mean they were last night or on sunday night they sh- they shot 45% from 3 so they're they're generally a good three point shooting team Tyler Hero Kyle, Kyle Lowry not playing uh takes away some of that strength but um still with that i mean uh let's see i'm trying to find it Duncan Robinson went 6 for 11 they just didn't shoot a ton of threes. I guess it's because they knew they had their, you know, they're missing Tyler Hero and, and whatnot. And so they played to their strengths, which is Jimmy Butler probably in the mid-range. And he, he was okay, 7 for 18, 38%. Not not his best game, 20 points. I mean, it was the Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson show, really. And then the rest of the team kind of stepped up. You had Caleb Martin, who had 15 points. Bam Adebayo, 14 Gabe Vincent, 11 points. You know, it, it wasn't a, high, a stellar game from the Heat by any means. It just the Lakers didn't play good enough defense, and they didn't shoot well enough. And, you know, they didn't shoot well enough from three because they were settling. They shouldn't have settled if they weren't shooting that well. They should have attacked the basket and whatnot. And so just not a great effort for the Lakers. So a tough loss to the Miami Heat in a game that, like like I said, we weren't expecting the Lakers to necessarily win that game. But considering how close they got and the run that they made, which, you know, some people would argue that the Heat just took their foot off the pedal and let the, let the Lakers come back. But there has to be something, some credit given to the Lakers in that situation. Um, they're able to come back, make make a comeback, get within four points with a minute left in the game. It shows that they, they have the ability to, you know, to win, to win that game. And, and they just didn't. So tough loss. In one sense, I'm conflicted, right? Like I was saying, kind of expected the Lakers to lose, but also at the same time, they show that they could win, which I appreciate the fight in the end, even though they were down big for the majority of that game. I appreciate the fight down the end, and they just didn't get it done. So, got to shoot better, got to play better defense. It kind of boils down to that at the end of the day. And you got to get the bench. The bench has to be able to score. Malik Monk while he's played well enough to probably be in the starting lineup, if he's coming off the bench, he needs to be able to put the ball in the basket. He needs to be able to lead scoring for the bench unit. Or Carmelo, or THT. It has to be one of those three guys. But instead, Melo led the bench unit with 11 points. That's just not going to get it done. So, tough loss. Sucks to, sucks to lose. Um, but, on a brighter note, on Tuesday night, the Lakers played the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Now, mind you, Brooklyn is short some guys. Kevin Durant's out. Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. Who else wasn't playing? Joe Harris wasn't playing. Paul Millsap wasn't playing. Blake Griffin didn't play. So, I mean, a good amount of their good players were not playing in the game. But like I mentioned before, at this point, I don't really care who is playing on the other team. I just need the Lakers to win ball games. So this is a good win for the Lakers. It's not maybe quite as good of a win as against Utah, who actually did have most of their good players playing in that game. 
but it's still a good win. The Lakers beat the Brooklyn Nets 106-96, to and they played well the entire game. They had a lead, a sizable lead, for the most part, for the majority of the game. A good win for the Lakers. They ended the first quarter up 33-25. to They were up 20, they put up 29 points in the second quarter, gave up 28 in the third, or sorry, in the second to the Nets, put up 30 in the third quarter, which is great, great for the Lakers considering that they typically don't play very well in the third quarter. They typically go quiet in the third quarter. So they won the third quarter 30 to 25, and then the fourth quarter, a lot of it honestly was garbage time, but they only put up 14 points, the Lakers did, and the Nets put up 18 points. And the Lakers end up winning 106-96. So great defense to hold the Nets to 96 points. Uh, James Harden led the Nets with 33 points. The rest of the team, the next highest score was Patty Mills with 15 and DeAndre Bembry with 12. And then they didn't have any other guys getting to double digits. So good for the Lakers in that sense. Uh, Joe Johnson, or sorry, Joe John, James Johnson off the bench had 8 points. Marcus Aldridge off the bench at nine points. So good for the Lakers to hold. I mean, hold. Patty Mills went off on the Lakers on Christmas Day. So held him to 15. That's great. Honestly, holding James Harden with this team where there's not a ton of offensive players around him to 33 is pretty, pretty good. I'll take it, honestly. And then LeBron matched James Harden with 33 points of his own. Westbrook had 15 points, and then, I I mean, I failed to mention Anthony Davis is back. This was Anthony Davis' first game back, which he played uh, 24 minutes in, which is pretty good, honestly. Like, they said he was going to be on a minutes restriction. He had 24 minutes in the game. He only had 8 points. He shot 3 of 8, so not, not too great. I mean, he's a little rusty, but he did have, where is it? He had four blocks in the game. So right away, immediately, Anthony Davis's defensive presence is being known in this game. Having a guy like Anthony Davis able to switch on James Harden, a guy like James Harden, is just something that we've missed so much. The defensive presence of Anthony Davis. So if Anthony Davis comes can come back and again, 24 minutes, like I when I heard he was going to be on a minutes restriction, I was expecting like what Trevor Reza and and uh, Dwight Howard have been playing, you know, like 14, 15 minutes. That's what I was expecting. He played 24 minutes. That's that's pretty solid. I mean, considering that LeBron and Russell Westbrook played 34 and 32 minutes respectively, Stanley Johnson, who started, played 28 minutes. Anthony Davis played 24 minutes. Like, that's pretty good. That's not bad at all. So hopefully we can get him back to a full-time, like, starter minutes around the you know, 34, 32 minutes per game situation. And then get just get that rust off. Get get some points. Off the bench, Malik Monk had a great game. 22 points on 7 of 13 shooting. 6 for 12 from 3. 50% from the 3-point line for Malik Monk. Lakers shot. They didn't shoot ter- terribly well from the 3-point line as a team. They only shot 31%. They shot 47% from 3. And Brooklyn just did shot worse was kind of the story of that game. Which is a testament to the Lakers playing good defense, honestly. 42% from the field for the Nets, 25% from three, 20, 26 if you round up. So Lakers played good defense, held the Nets to 
to to a poor shooting game and held them to 96 points. They held them to under 100 points. And this is a good this is a you know a good team that again they're playing with without some of their better players right now. But they're 29 and 18 on the season. They're well above 500. They are currently I'm looking up the standings really quick. They're currently third in the Eastern Conference. That is pretty strong this year. Miami Miami's the number one team right now in the Western Conference. Sorry, Eastern Conference. Chicago's number two. Brooklyn's number three. And then the Lakers play Philadelphia tomorrow, Thursday night, who is currently 28 and 19. They're in the sixth seed. So it's interesting how just the East and the Western Conferences are so different right now. But the Lakers. So with the win against the Nets, the Lakers are at 24 and 24 in the eighth seed, which everyone's pointing out on Twitter that they are 24 and 24 and in the eighth seed in the West on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death, which is today as I'm recording, um, which is one of those weird situations. Like, you you know, you don't want to read too much into it, but you can't not also at the same time. You can't, you can't not read into that a little bit. So the Lakers are, like I mentioned, 24 and 24 in the eighth seed. And hopefully now they can go on a run. Let's take that as an omen. We'll take this as an omen and as a sign that the Lakers are now going to go on a run. That we have Anthony Davis back, and things are looking up for the Lakers. So, um, just to close out the Nets game, Lakers played. Well. I mean, there was a there was a seer, there was a point, uh, two back to back back to back possessions where LeBron got two steal like just out of nowhere. Like I don't. The Nets were just not with it. And LeBron got a steal, wide open dunk, and then next time down, another just easy steal, wide open dunk. I mean, that was just that to me. It kind of epitomized the game against the Nets. Just the Lakers were playing; they were with it, playing good defense, and turned into de- uh, good enough offense. Again, it wasn't stellar offense. They only put up 106 points, but it was good enough to get the win. And LeBron James, like I mentioned, 33 points last night, and that's again. I think that's his 18th game in a row with 25 plus points which what he's doing at this age is absolutely unbelievable so I think things are looking good right now I mean it sucks to be right at 500 and in the eighth seed right now but looking at the standings the Lakers are let's see two games back of Denver in the sixth seed three games back of Dallas in the fifth seed and then six games back of Utah in the fourth seed the first one through three seeds at this point is, seems pretty out of reach unless the Lakers just go on an unbelievable run, which I'm not going to hold my breath for anytime soon. But being only four games back of the fifth seed, that's that's doable. It's very doable to go on a four-game win streak and for Dallas to go on a four-game losing streak. Same thing with Denver. Two games back, very that is very attainable. And like I mentioned before, at this point in the season, we're a little over halfway in the season. Lakers, they've been bouncing around the 7th and 8th seed in the West. My goal for them is to just get that to end the season in that 6th seed. We don't want to play in the play-in tournament if we don't have to. Even last season, Lakers were a good team last season. The injuries kept us down. We ended up in the 7th seed. Had to play in the play-in tournament against, against Golden State. Not an ideal situation. The Lakers end up winning, but... You lose that game. I mean, you look, look at the Warriors, right? They lost that game to the Lakers. Then when I think they played the Grizzlies and lost that game to the Grizzlies, and they missed the playoffs, and they were the eighth seed. So it's very 
I have faith in LeBron that he would not lose two games in a row like that. But why take the risk if you don't have to? You know, I think the Lakers, if we can be poised to go on a bit of a run, end the season in the fifth or sixth seed, that's kind of where I feel like my realistic hopes are at. Earlier on the season, I was hoping the Lakers could could get to that fourth seed so we could get in the home court advantage side of the bracket. But that doesn't seem too realistic right now at this point with Utah at 30-18 and 18 in the fourth seed in six games ahead of the Lakers. Again, not not impossible. It's not impossible, but it just doesn't seem too realistic. To me, the realistic goal right now is fifth or sixth seed in the West. If we could do that, I would feel much more comfortable. You know, if we're in the sixth seed, we find ourselves playing Memphis. If we're in the fifth seed, we find ourselves playing Utah. Two teams that are very beatable in the playoffs. I mean, Memphis, we've they've had our number this season. We've talked about this multiple times. I still feel confident in the Lakers in a playoff series against them. That being said, they still have beaten us <laughs> almost every game this season. So I shouldn't feel too confident, I suppose. But that's just kind of where we're at in the, in the season. We're a little over halfway. Lakers are... There's still there's still plenty of time and room for the Lakers to make a run and to to get some to find themselves in a better place in the Western Conference seating, but time also while there's plenty of time, time is also running out very quickly. So it's good to have Anthony Davis back, and hopefully we can we can make that run. So looking at the Lakers' upcoming schedule, so we play the Sixers tomorrow night, Thursday night. It's a early start for us us on the West Coast, 4.30 p.m. start. Right now, the matchup predictor, kind of what I expected. Lakers are not favored to win this game. ESPN is expecting the Lakers, or the Philadelphia, to have a 62.4% chance to win this game, giving the Lakers a 37.6% chance to win. Seems about right. This is going to be a tough matchup. You have Anthony Davis coming up, coming off of a knee injury, your best big man, and then the Sixers with Joel Embiid, who has been playing really well lately, one of the best big men in the league. And the Lakers have been playing a lot of small ball lately, so like I don't, it's kind of a tough matchup for the Lakers unless, unless Anthony Davis can come out and 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 play well, play good defense at least while he's on court, on the court, try and and slow down Joel Embiid if possible. If we could do that, I mean we've shown. Again, the Heat are a good team. We made that a close game. Nets are a good team. We beat them. Sixers are the last one on this road trip. Um, I'm looking up the schedule, sorry. Yeah, I mean, the until February 8th when we play the Bucks, the Sixers are the last, like, really good team that we play for, for a little bit. So... We play the Sixers, and then on, and then we have a, we do have a back to back game against the Hornets on Friday. So Thursday, Friday game. Hornets they are twenty six and twenty two. Looking at that, they what's crazy? Okay, this is kind of crazy. So right now the the ESPN matchup predictor gives the Lakers a worse chance to beat the Hornets than they do to beat the Sixers. And again, this isn't this isn't law the ESPN matchup predictor I just use it to try and get a sense of where 
we you know people think that the Lakers are at against these teams that they're going up against. So the Hornets are twenty six and twenty two. They're you know average. They're they're good, but this it's a game the Lakers should be able to win. I think we would win. I think we beat them in overtime earlier this season, if I'm remembering correctly. So like we we should be able to beat them. We play the Hawks again on Sunday. And that's an early start on the West Coast. 10 a.m. start. Crazy. Um, we beat them, I think, uh, a little bit a while ago, a few week, couple weeks ago, earlier this month. Yeah, we beat them 134 to 118. We blew them out. Good game for us on, on that front. So those are our winnable games. And then looking into early February, we play the Trailblazers, who we blew out on uh, New Year's Eve. We play the Clippers, who we lost to earlier, but are also struggling. They're currently... 24 and 25 they're one seed below us in the ninth seed and then we play the knicks who we we lost to but are very beatable they're 23 and 25 and then like i mentioned the bucks who are 30 and 19 and we've played well against the bucks earlier i mean we we didn't it wasn't we ended up losing but we we gave ourselves a chance to be in the game and just couldn't get it done kind of like the kind of like the the game against the heat so looking ahead the Lakers have a chance to, I mean, in my opinion, how the Lakers should, how it should happen, I would I would guess we would lose the Sixers, right? So 0-1 there. Uh, we play the Hornets, Hawks. We should win those games, 2-1 to finish out January. And then starting, we should go 3-1 against the Blazers, 4-1 against the Clippers, 5-1 against the Knicks, and then we lose against the Bucks. Like, we should be able to go on a little bit of that four-game, that four-game winning streak, like I mentioned. We should be able to... You know, for all, for all intents and purposes, let's say we lose to the Sixers, we should be, be able to beat the Hornets, be, be able to beat the Hawks, be able to beat the Blazers, Clippers, and Knicks. So we could go on a five-game winning streak in the next six games. And if we did that, we have a very good chance to find ourselves... Honestly, like, if we were able to do that and let's say, Utah just really crapped the bed, we would find ourselves only like a game behind Utah in the fourth seat. So, I mean, that just shows how, how attainable making progress in the standings is right now. The Lakers getting Anthony Davis back. If we can keep gelling, if we can play like we played against the Nets, it's not a perfect game, but it's good defense and it's better offense. If we can do the, what we did against the Nets, do what we did against the Jazz, we're not, at, we, we're not asking the Lakers to play perfect. We're just asking them to play good defense and play a little bit better than the team that they're going up against. And and they can do it. I mean, they can go on a five-game win streak in the next six games and find themselves in a good spot. So that's kind of where we're at in the season. Looking forward to tomorrow's game against the Sixers to see how the Lakers do. While I think the Lakers might lose that game, it's still fun to see the Lakers go up against some of the better teams in the NBA see what LeBron can do, see what Anthony Davis can do, see, see what see what Westbrook can do. Man, I'm stuttering all over myself. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I think the Lakers, I feel, I feel optimistic with Anthony Davis coming back. Oh, and one more thing to mention, news that came out today, I almost forgot. Stanley Johnson is planning on signing a two-year deal with the Lakers. I think they were saying on Twitter, like Woj was saying that that will – They'll probably sign the deal tomorrow on Thursday. So Lakers looking to sign Stanley Johnson on a two-year deal, which is awesome. He's been, I mean, as you probably know, 
but if you don't know, he's been on basically 10-day contracts for the last month or two, like since Christmas, I guess, so maybe the last month. He's been on 10-day contracts, so good for him, good for the Lakers to see, to be able to find that talent and, and to get a guy that's been playing great defense. They, I will say, at the very least, you know, I've been tweeting, I tweeted out yesterday, it's it's unbelievable that Rob Palenka did what he did to this Lakers team, and, you know, it can't be understated enough that he basically ruined this Lakers team from what we had the last two years to what, what we have this year, but I will say... Uh, finding Stanley Johnson and identifying him as a good defender and rewarding him with a two-year contract is awesome. And I think that's a good move. It's a good move to pick up a guy that can play defense and that can play well around LeBron and Russell Westbrook and all these other guys. So congrats to Stanley Johnson. And I'm, as a fan, happy to see him uh, sign that two-year deal. So with that, thank you so much for listening and go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Go Lakers!